Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's the PC All the Podcast. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 356, being recorded on July 1st, 2015. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walbrus. And I'm Alan Valentano. I'm so glad Skype didn't screw up again so that <laughs> I didn't have to try to pretend to know what was going on anymore. Oh, the Canadian <sighs> packets are off today. It yeah. is a holiday up here after all. It's right. It is Canada Day. What did you just yep. celebrate Canada Day? Canada Day. Today. 148 years as a country. Congratulations. After losing two wars for 150. <laughs> Two days before you guys. What did uh, what did you do to celebrate Canada Day? I drank beer. They drank beer. Did you yeah. go to work? Where you, did you have to go to work today? It's a holiday. Oh, wow. You're, you guys you're do holidays. You See, now. you guys it's do like holidays. Of July. Yeah, but you, they do they observe the holidays on the day of the holiday? Yeah. We don't in this country. Well, you Sometimes. would if it wasn't a Saturday. Uh, well, no, we, we're doing a, the observance of 4th of July on Friday. So, yeah. meh, we're going to get a Which day off a anyway. Day work because all the Americans will be off. That's correct. That's correct. So, and you guys just have to pick the July 1st just so you get it in just ahead of the United States. I get it. It's fine. Uh, my we phone is currently um, – it's upgrading apps. It's uh, like Windows. It's on 19 of 148. Well, it, it recompiles. I know. It's just so. funny. It's like it's on update 19 of – yeah, it very much is like a Windows update. It even has a spinny circle. Sorry, you just have to wait for a while. Uh, so, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm here. If you've been here for the live part of it, it doesn't seem like it. Yes, here. That requires more effort than you might think. Yes. If you're, if you're wondering where I've been the last week, actually, I guess three weeks I've been spending in the hospital with my wife. I've been dressing like this a lot of the time. Can you want to bring up this computer real quick? There was one particular day uh, that I dressed like this. Uh, I was a surgeon. Yeah, for one day, like a surgeon. Okay. Hey, very first time. Never mind. Uh, I will admit openly and freely that those uh, shoes, the the what do you call them, the booties Little that booties, I got on there, yeah. booties. It took me a while to get them over your big feet. Didn't Fifteen? They? No, no. They they were folded in half, uh-huh. and I didn't realize they were folded in half. You have to, peel, you have you to, have to them and open. it was like it's a very it's in my defense it was very tightly folded. So it's kind of like your yeah. condom buys. Except yeah. You don't yeah. know that they're folded in half. And well, then actually, sudden, you never really noticed before. <laughs> oh, that's not oh. sad. Um, the end result of me wearing all that clothing was mm-hmm. this. That thing. This is um, uh, my daughter. I have a daughter named Emmeline Grace. who was born seven and a half weeks early. Uh, that's pretty early. He calls early. her the xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. This was this was, it was a scary first night. She had this on this. It's, it's adorable now. It was scary then, but now we get to keep the CPAP that she was on. Oh, right, like this little thing that goes over her nose. Thing. It's just applying yeah. pressure. It's the same level of oxygen as you would normally get. But yeah. as a dad who had no idea what the hell was going on, uh-huh. watching like eight people kind of like poke and prod and take measurements from your That's child. That's right after the kid pops out. Yeah, but it, like, and then they rush her away and nick you and all well, that stuff. Yeah. So. That was scary, but uh, now that's she doesn't have to use that anymore. She now looks like oh, this. I hadn't seen that picture yet. Yeah, this is a good one. 
Yeah. Um, and then this is her. This is her today, actually. Um, if you're wondering why, good she, lord, she's backlit. She looks like a glowworm. It's, it's aliens. Uh, she had. Uh, I guess it, <laughs> is that a corsair blanket? Yeah, that's Ivia from that's Dune. Awesome. Did Mori mod that blanket? Jaundice. Yes. Jaundice apparently is. I forget what enzyme it is in your body, but it needs uh, to be. Your liver doesn't break down bile. Okay, yep. and so sunlight would normally help that. But obviously, newborn babies can't be outside. Right. So this blue light, um, which is called a billy blanket, mm-hmm. is Billy Rubin. Yeah, which is what it is. And I and my new favorite thing to do at the hospitals is to look at all the equipment and like find the model numbers and look up how expensive they are. Oh, <laughs> just because I'm curious. So how much is that blanket? So the blanket alone, like just the part that illuminates blue uh-huh. Uh-huh. through fiber optics, is about seventy eight hundred dollars. Holy crap! For that, and that doesn't—that's inexpensive at half the price, <laughs> right? And it doesn't—it doesn't include the machine that powers it on yeah, the other end, the UV light source. Yeah. So, that's, wow. Uh, yeah, it was—it's—it's it's fun to do. But now, uh, Kelly's home, wife's home. Yep. Uh, baby still at NICU is going to be there for a little while, so my schedule is going to be a little bit jacked up. But you have to go visit your kid. I get to go visit my kid forty miles, forty minutes away. Yeah, wish it is, was the hospital right down the street. That would have been yeah. nice. Oh well, such is life. So that's what you have to look forward to is more pictures of my child. Even before it was always pictures of my dogs. Yes. Now it's going to be that. So now you replace you, as long the as pictures. Get hardware specs of the devices saving your life as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I am trying. Like there was one device. Like there's a. The, the, the containment, I wouldn't say containment chamber that she's in, but it's a isolation it's chamber. Like something out of like Half-Life it, it, or something? It is, again, like the alien thing again that Josh <laughs> is bringing up. But like the, the, the isolation chamber that she's in is called a giraffe. Very cute name. And I believe uh, I, it was one – I tried very hard to find pricing on it, uh, also made by GE. Pretty much everything I've found so far has been made by GE. And uh, it was always like call for pricing and all that stuff. And yeah. the only thing I found was a reference to it was definitely in like the 270 range, like 270K. Yeah. So – and that's just something that like maintains an air temperature and stuff. That doesn't count all the other stuff that goes. We could totally roll our own one of those. I mean, yeah, we, I think we could. We could. Some you can get a rack you know the amount of regulations that. that your your product has to comply to to be able yeah. to be used in in a hospital in a health. But just imagine. But Josh, just imagine how Maury could modify that thing. No, Sebastian. Oh, I'd rather see Sebastian modify some Ice things. cool it. Yeah, it's true. No crack dies. I yeah. would. Uh, I, see, I see hospital equipment <laughs> wars coming up. I always thought it was weird. I know a couple Google. people that work in IT in hospitals, and like they buy hospital grade monitors that are like <laughs> four grand. I'm like, that's a 22 inch 1080p display. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, but it's hospital grade. It's like, what does that even? What, what does is, that mean? What does more does it happen? And I, it's I, just a monitor. Yeah, I yeah. need to get in that business. I'm going to sell them some hospital grade Intel Core i3 4300s or whatever. Yeah. For twelve grand, we just put them under a UV light to sterilize them. Yeah. Conflict free. Yeah. Conflict. Do you ever wonder point. why healthcare costs as much as it does yeah. in this country? No, you are correct. You are correct. Hey, you know, look what the uh, the chairman of uh, GE makes a year. Twelve grand. Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen like grand. Yeah. Yeah, add a few yeah. more dozens of zeros. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get in the show. Uh, thanks for joining us on the live page, pcpro.com slash live. We record it on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you want a little reminder, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe. You sign up for our mailing list. All we need is your name and your email address, and we'll send you a notification an hour, hour and a half, two hours, something like that, before we actually go live. And we don't always, we don't just remind you about our podcast. We also do other events, game streams, live streams, uh, contests and giveaways. We don't use it for anything else. Nobody else has access 
access to it. We don't sell it or anything like that. So uh, go ahead and sign up for it there if you want. Again, that's pcpro.com slash subscribe. But let's go ahead and jump into some of the stuff that happened this week. Honestly, kind of, again, because of my being in and out and around, things were a little bit slow. Everybody else kept up for me in terms of content. But some of these things... Aren't gonna, we aren't going to spend a whole lot of time on. For example, Sebastian wrote up a review of the Zotac Z-Box CI-321. Okay. It's a, it's a, lot it's of letters a, it's a nano mini PC thing oh. from Zotac. It kind of looks like a Nook-style device. It's cool looking. Um, but it is a little bit more... It's got some slightly more features, a little bit more performance than you would see otherwise. The problem is, is as of... A couple of days ago, when we were doing this, uh, posting this up, it's like you can't find this one yet. Oh, that, that's this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the front, it's got SD card slot reader, which is something that only the upcoming future rumored Nooks have had. You've got, I guess, is that an IR receiver there too? Yeah, you got two USB 3.0 ports. You got your audio and power, and clearly you've got your uh, your wireless antenna down there. And on the back, you've got two Ethernet ports. Do the Nooks have antennas like that stick out of the back? No, no, they don't. Huh. They just use internal antenna. That's why the top of them is plastic. Right, so the signal can make it through. Signal can make it through. But this whole thing is plastic. So in theory, they could have done that. Maybe you get a little bit better option there. Yeah. Uh, HDMI, full-size display port, two more USB 3.0 ports, and a USB 2.0 port down there. Now, in terms of performance, you get an Intel Celeron 2961Y, which is actually a, it's a Haswell-based, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, this Haswell-based dual-core part. Why like they call ultra it ultra-low voltage? Because I don't they just know. Did something with the funky. There's the a Pentium bi- version of it as well that is oh. a quad-core, or maybe it's dual-core hyper-threaded. I wish they would stop they trying just, to. They just kind of reuse those brands. Yeah, they need to stop doing a little that. bit. Yeah, I, I don't really know what cash the Celeron name has anymore in the world, but it's better than Atom, probably. It used Wait, to just be a cache. Cache or cache. I don't know. Sache. Cache. Yeah. Sache. It's spelled the same. What am I supposed to do? Uh, but it has more, like if you if it was an atom part, you would have this assertion of performance. And if it's Celeron, now you have a slightly different assertion of performance. Okay. 802.11ac, Bluetooth 4. It's, you know, very similar. You know, two gigabit Ethernet ports. That's kind of the most interesting kind of standout. That is. Uh, feature, I guess. And it does have a two and a half inch hard drive. Uh, slot on there as well. So um, the the interesting thing about this is, so you still it's still kind of a bare bones system. You've got to add your own memory, but that's pretty much it. Memory and storage, I guess. Um, it does support Windows Seven, Eight, and Eight Point One, not included. So is you're, you're um, going to have to add your own operating system. MSATA storage, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and no wait. Or M. I'm sorry. No, no, it's SATA. Regular two and a half inch. I believe so. Uh, oh, where was that here? No, I lied. No, no, it is right here. You can see it's a two and a half inch drop. Okay, it's a two and a half inch. Just drop. a weird looking bracket. Yeah, me. yeah. The set of it only holds two there. screws from one side of that. Okay, yeah, I get it. The two and the other one. So, huh? Um, but performance wise, uh, Sebastian came away fairly impressed. Like it's more than capable of doing most of the computing tasks you're going to want to do anyway. Sure. Obviously, it's not going to steamroll through a bunch of stuff. But in terms of living room usage, probably better than what you'll get out of, uh, of an Atom part. Yeah. Right? Or a network monitoring box. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the interesting ideas, yeah, with, with the two gigabit NICs, you right. can make this a... It could, a a router, it could be a router. It could be. It could be a snort sensor, which is a, a 
network monitoring box that has to be in line with the data. Okay. So that you can actually protect your network by blocking. So it would go WAN to it to network? Basically pass through it. Yeah. Right? And it would just be like a straight pass through, unless it saw something fishy, and then it could just like intercept that and shut it off. Hmm. Yeah. You were going to say something else, Jeremy? I was going to say that, or uh, PFSense box, or if you've got uh, inventory control software that runs over your network. Like, there's a lot of just sort of corporate uses that I can see for this, plus the HTPC stuff. Yeah, what's the XBMC called now? Cody. Cody. That's Cody. K-O-D-I. K-O, yeah. Perfect box for that, probably, in terms of decode sure. capability. Uh, and I think what maybe makes this more interesting is its price. Its MSRP is set at 139 that is way less than a Nook. Yeah. Way less than a Nook. You still have to it, add memory. It actually has shown up in NCIX. Oh, it has. It's, okay. It's one eighty eight ninety eight. Canadian or U.S.? That's Canadian. Uh, so we've got that it up roughly here. Roughly the same or close or something, I thought. It, someone in America would have to check it for me because no. NCIX redirects on your IP. Oh. Well, uh, you can just put, what's what's one eighty eight eighty eight Canada to USD? Uh, 150-ish, okay, 145. So it's pretty close. Uh, obviously, you want to get it. The, the cheaper you can get this type of device, the better. You know, for, I guess I should say that about anything. But uh, when you're talking about a $130 device, 10 20 30 40 bucks, yeah. that's a difference in terms of what value you're actually getting out of it. So, uh, I, I, Sebastian came away impressed with it, gave it a gold award, all dependent on being able to find it at that price. But it has a lot of, I think, interesting and unique functionality uh, yeah. that we will. Uh, we had put off on publishing this one because, like, we couldn't find it, right? Right. He, he had had it done for a week or probably two weeks, and we were just kind of waiting for it to be released and be yeah. available. And finally, I was like, you know, we just let's just get it out there. We've got we've got a gap in the schedule, so it's, I'm glad to see it's finally showing up. So we'll add some um, some links to those guys that uh, have it in stock once we get up and running, or once it gets up and running out there. Uh, also uh, worth a quick mention is Lee's review of the Seasonic Snow Silent. 350-watt power supply. A white power supply. I was just impressed by the long row of uh, connectors on it where you can... Oh, right. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Looking. Completely modular. Um, Even the ATX uh, connector. Yep. Which, you know, that's... I kind of don't understand the reason for that, but it, well, it does look... Cool. It looks neater, but yeah, it's not necessary. You're you always going to need some sleeve your own cables if you want. Like, that's I, true. I didn't need yeah. an ATX power connector for that's this. That's true. Can say you custom sleeve your own cables. You get that capability. You that's true. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, that's true. Seasonic makes a shorter cable set for their power supplies usually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my guess is that you can uh, get extra long ones, so you don't have to stretch that poor extra volt, twelve volt all the way around. That's true. That's true. How is that still a thing? I don't know. I, I don't is know, it? but it is. I don't know. I also, like the. Uh, the orientation on it. If you take a look at it, this is for one of the cases that has the PSUs on the bottom. What do you mean? I mean, you could certainly use it on one of the normal at the top, but it's the writing on it in comparison to where the fan is. Oh, okay. It's so like the labeling is inverted. Ones. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, Josh, you were going to say something? No. Good. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. So the I haven't seen this in person. I will say, uh, I, and and the white coloring it looks cool. Yeah, like it looks neat, and it looks like uh, if you have a white case, that would be what you would want to get. That would be the match. The yeah. issue I ha- possibly have is that two two whites that are off oh, a little bit. Yeah, if they're not the same, tint. stand out more than if you have like 
a black case with a kind of a slightly different right. tone of black. Yeah, that's that's why they offer an optional Confederate flag that you can, <laughs> you can attach to it. Oh. It was going to come by default, but they decided, you know, in retrospect, that was banned at Walmart. So yeah, it was. Had to, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. So this is the snow sign. It has a change between hybrid normal mode controlling the fan output there. And if you like to look at the internals of power supplies, you can still do that here. And again, even the case, even the fan on the on the on the unit is like slightly different white, which makes it you know maybe a problem. I mean, it's not a big deal, but uh, it's eggshell against yeah. stark white. Cream Come against eggshell. It's just wrong. Yeah. Get this. Nice little border, this kind of metal border around it and stuff too. So, uh, it, like I said, another another high quality product from Seasonic. Lee definitely liked it a lot. Uh, it has a gloss white finish with silver and gold accents. Okay, take it for what you will. You know, aesthetically, if you're if into you, that, if you're concerned about you know, it, then yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, here. My I mean, phone, I've seen my phone apparently updated because now it's beeping at I've me. I've seen cases with that, you know, kind of a theme to it. I mean, there's white cases. There's, you know, yeah. Uh, seven-year warranty, that's another big advantage of Seasonic units. Seasonic power supplies are always generally There's a reason why good. so many people use Seasonic to make their power yeah. supplies. I had a water-cooling loop leak into one one time, and it made a very large pow and sent a fireball across my kitchen and still worked for a few more days after that. All right, I immediately so. don't like the 5.1 update. Immediately? Like, Immediate, it's just booted. Immediately Did don't it like it. Did stab you in the eye? The, the Google bar at the top is now white instead of, like, dark gray. And the, no! and the apps button is now oh, white instead of dark gray. And the worst part, and this is something people can play about in the Nexus 6, uh, if Sebastian is listening, he'll know. When I hold down the power button, it only gives me the power off option. It used to give me the mute, airplane mode, or power off oh. option. Which means now. Try muting that phone, I dare you. Try muting it? Uh-huh. Why? Why? Well, you can't mute it now? What? Pretty difficult. Um. Well, watch as Ryan tries to mute Android uh, 5.1. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't have a volume button. What happens if you volume all the way down? I think it doesn't vibrate. Yeah, come on, genius. But it doesn't. Doesn't have like a no vibration mode, mode. just uh, everything off mode. I'll have to worry about that (laughs) later. Later. Damn it. We did have an interesting story go up this week uh, from a guest writer. Uh huh. Right. Uh, And I'm. I know I'm going to screw up his name because we've only talked over email. We should figure out the guy's pronunciation. We should have, but we didn't. Oh. Before, Jared before the Periscopio. Sorry. That's yes. pretty close. Sorry, Thank guy you. who we're about to butcher. Uh, uh, Alexandru Voica? Would you uh, go with that? Voica. Voica? Voica. Voica. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. You see, you guys should have said that before Voica. I said anything then. So I didn't yeah, want to see what you came up with. So, uh,. He works at Imagination Technologies, one of the providers of IP technology for SOCs. Makes okay. the graphics uh, core that's inside Apple SOCs, right? So to be clear, like not patent troll IP licensing. Per- no, 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 no. Because if you no, say no. that, people might no, just, no, no. Like you know, they they develop. They actually develop. Yeah, these IP. are the guys developing right. this stuff. Not they're known. Just they're known for their GPU technology and their MIPS technology, right? As well, he works there. Uh, <clears throat> His background is uh, computer graphics, um, and he was also a brief, briefly at least, a computer uh, CPU engineer working on several high-profile 32-bit processors that apparently will remain unnamed. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so he he presented us with this story. He, or he emailed me and said, hey, I've got this thing. Here's this outline. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And I uh, just was just basically looking for feedback on it, and I read through it, and I thought, you know what? This is really cool. 
Uh, and it's also a topic that I think a lot of people don't have a very good understanding of, the subject of which is the IP licensing business model. So we talk about ARM, we talk about Qualcomm, we talk about their relationship, we talk about imagination, we sure. talk about NVIDIA and how they all kind of play in this field, but we don't really ever talk about like the business model behind it. Yeah. How do these companies work together but also compete against each other in certain instances? Uh, and huh. so his story here kind of outlines the business model between um, IP vendors, semiconductor vendors, OEMs, ODMs, people who are actually producing the parts, and then what the, how that affects consumers and people who are actually buying hardware out here in the real world. Um, Josh, did you have a chance to take a look at this piece? Any kind of like thoughts or interesting tidbits that, that you took out of it? Uh, it's just one of those things that I, I can sit here and I can read it to everybody, but you, you should go. Uh, you should definitely read it. Read it and, and see. This is somebody who works in the business and is, is inside this field, but doesn't come off like he's referencing other people's IP inventors. It's not like a, a, an advertisement for his company or anything like that. It's yeah. just more of an explanation of how the process works. He's got a picture in here. Someone doing uh, routing, like yeah. like circuit routing. Yeah. And if you've ever watched a YouTube video of someone doing circuit routing of like a really complicated anything, that is immediately impressive right. to watch yeah, and to like you know synopsis routing tools at work. It, yeah. That's it's just a really small bit. You have to have a different router. You have to have a different kind of a brain to do stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So not me is what you're saying. Not, yeah. Oh, man. Josh, I mean, what's your takeaway from this or the, the IP business model in general? To be, to be fair, I will also say um, that we want to actually have him on and do kind of like an interview to talk about this type of stuff. That'd be cool. If people are interested in it, right? If, if this is something that you guys think is interesting and compelling uh, topic, mm -hmm. right? We already had like, you know, we had Jim Davies on to talk about mobile GPUs for a while. And people seem to really like that. This is more on the business side of things, but I think it'd still be very interesting and engaging for, for people that don't really understand um, how imagination develops a GPU without producing any hardware. They essentially rent it to Apple, who makes a chip that runs games and sells phones and. Yeah move out that way it's yeah ip cool. licensing is is essentially the lifeblood of mobile just because it takes a lot of money to develop these things in the first place and it takes even more money to actually put that into production so these guys who have got more simple chips they've already got production and suppliers and that they don't have potentially the r&d to develop a new architecture they license it to somebody up from somebody else get it out uh it's huge, obviously, in China and around the world, and Qualcomm license, everybody does, well, except yeah. Intel. They used to, but not anymore. Right. There used to be imagination uh, GPU technology on Atom Yeah, but even before that, it was, uh, what, X-Scale? I don't remember. That they had that sounds Intel? right, yeah. Intel owned a share of imagination. They had a stake. That's right. They did for yeah. a while too, as, yeah. that, as well. Yeah. So, th I mean, this article up uh, on PCPro.com is called "The IP Licensing Business Model: A Love Story," uh, and it is not strictly a business style article, right? Like, you, right. I th go read it. I think it's interesting. You'll have he's, a better understanding how the stuff of, works. of like how it. your phone came to be, how your tablet came to be, and how, why, why, and how so many companies are involved. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate him letting us, you know. Because it's damn complex it to is. build a chip, no matter what. Yeah. 
Yeah. You have to have the basic design, you go through the EDA, you do layout, then you got to go to mesh, then you got to go to the foundries, and then you work out the bugs, you got to change metal layers, you hit yields and bins, and it's just horrific. This is why I'm not in the business. That, and I'm not very smart. Yeah, it wouldn't take much of that second one to really <laughs> affect your ability to be in that business. So check out that review or that story rather, uh, and let us know if you think it's interesting and you want to have them on and we'll do like a, like a short video and an audio interview, uh, of that and try to go further down that rabbit hole. Maybe get some questions from people. He he already said that he'd be willing to do it and we could talk for as long as we wanted about the IP business model. Wow. You know, so make sure Josh is in on that call. Yes. Yeah. So if you're going down to a pub on a Saturday yeah. and you meet a guy from so and so, no, no, that's no. too not far down the rabbit hole. Too far down. No. All right. Uh, let's talk about a monitor. Uh huh. Let's say this is. Um, we talk a lot, a lot about monitors recently. We have, as it turns out, variable refresh rate monitors. And yep. Especially. So if you remember back to CES. There was a display that was that Asus had in their booth that kind of like was out in this kind of no man's land. It was yep. it claimed to be DisplayPoint 1.2a plus certified or capable rather, uh, which means it would support the variable refresh capability built into Adaptive Sync, the Adaptive Sync part of the standard. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a G Sync monitor, it wasn't a Free Sync monitor, but it looked good. It was IPS. It had 144 hertz refresh rate. 1440p display. 14, yeah, 2560 by 1440 screen. Uh, all wonderful things. They had a price point at, listed at 599 mm-hmm. At CES, they said that was going to yeah, be the price. at CES, yeah. Uh, and everybody fell in love with it. Now, it's almost seven months later. Yes. Uh, all right, hold on. Yes, you yeah. can do addition. Yes. CES. That worked. Subtraction. Subtraction. Well, it might be, yeah, almost seven months, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what the uh, result is now, we've talked about this before because Asus and AMD announced this after the fact, is that it's now a FreeSync monitor, but some of the specifications have changed. Yes, they've morphed a little. So uh, give me the high-level uh, explanation of the specifications on this monitor now that we know that it is an AMD FreeSync-capable display yes. rather than just some kind of uh, generic unknown VRR. So monitor. initially it was supposed to be a 120 hertz. Yes, display, correct. Remember? You're right. Not 144. Uh, then later they came out and said, ah, 144. Mm-hmm. But then we also heard that the the variable refresh rate range might not be up to 144. It might be something different. It turns out that that's 35 hertz to 90 hertz. Okay. So that's the refresh rate range when you're operating in FreeSync mode on this display. Uh, quick note there, you actually have to go into the on-screen display and turn on FreeSync mm-hmm. for this panel. It actually almost appears as if it was a different straight you it know, almost like panel. it reboots the monitor yeah it like resets the display window yeah. sees it as if it disconnected yeah, you, it if you sound. have the speakers on you hear the doo yeah. yeah it makes it sound everything and it basically comes sound. back like in free sync mode so to right. speak right and when you do that it gives you an additional refresh rate option under windows that was not there before and that is 90 hertz okay okay so you, you go into windows you change it to 90 and you go into your amd driver you enable free sync and there you go. And, and then you're off, right? Um, and if you uh, try to trick it and go into 120 or 144 hertz mode, the display pops up a little window and says, hey, I can't do FreeSync. You know, it gives you an overlay. When you say when you try to trick it, do you mean going into the Windows display Yeah, if properties? you go into Windows and you try to change it to 120 or 144, yeah. you can, 
but it's not FreeSync anymore. So the right? monitor essentially can exist in two different uh, modes. It can exist yeah. as a 144 hertz static refresh monitor. The standard panel, standard which IPS is panel. Actually still impressive because it's 25 by 14 IPS, 144 hertz. Yes. That's a, that's a positive. Yeah, good panel. But it can also exist in this FreeSync mode, mm-hmm. which is a maximum refresh of 90 hertz, 25 by 14 IPS, same right. characteristics. Right. Uh, and also, we, since we know that FreeSync has a bottom, a minimum variable refresh, mm-hmm. we found that that was 35. Yes, which is the lowest we have that seen we've seen. On any FreeSync monitor thus far. Yes. Which is good. You want the, for a FreeSync display, you want the minimum variable refresh as low as it can possibly go. Yeah, especially for... Because that gives you the biggest window for tear-free, judder-free animation on your screen. Well, I mean, if they could have done 40 to 144, that's technically a wider window. But yep. it's not as low, right? And for a display that's 1440p and playing brand new titles, you kind of get close to the 3540. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. If you have everything cranked up, right? Even so, even with like the Fury X, I was playing uh, Batman, Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. Right at very high style image quality settings, yeah. and very very well in that kind of like yes. 40 FPS range. Exactly. So if it had been, if 40 was the bottom of the window, you might see that kind of on and off, Mm -hmm. you know, variable refresh versus tearing or judder, whichever you have chosen, right? So I think that's good. I think it's, it's, Better to, to get that extra five hertz. So there, on the there, there were there were kind of rumors going around that that the monitor could have either existed as a thirty five to ninety FreeSync or something higher than that, like forty or forty five to one forty four. And which of those windows would we have preferred ASUS actually go with? And and you and I both agree that the thirty five to ninety yeah makes the most sense yeah. for this resolution of a panel. If it was ten eighty p, different story. Correct, obviously. Yeah, but for this. It's that's a good choice. Yep. Um, and ninety is still pretty high. I mean, it really, is. even when you're in Windows, because I, you know, I thought it's like I, thirty more than sixty. Well, I mean, compared to one forty-four, right? I mean, it's still you know fifty percent gain. You know, from, right. from sixty to no, ninety. I yes. Yeah. But like even at ninety, I, initially I thought because I'm familiar with a lot of the other hundred forty-four hertz variable refresh panels, just using them day to day, that sort of thing, and it's a big difference just operating on the desktop, going from sixty. To 144. I mean, the cursor is just like butter smooth sure. and just windows or just move around much smoother, stuff like that. At 90, it's it feels very similar. I, I it, agree. Much, much more similar to the high side than, than to 60. 60 right? I, yes, I agree. Notice, I, I, tell, I could tell immediately that the frame, that the refresh rate was higher than 60 when I was yeah. using it in, on the desktop. But it's almost like, you know, all the way to 144 doesn't feel that much, you know, super much faster kind of thing where, oh my yeah. goodness, it's 90, but it's not 144. No, I didn't really get any so, of that. Uh, so I see some people in the comments on, uh, you know, talking about 90 not being a very high maximum refresh rate. I think it's fine. And, and, it's, and it's, it's... It's 50% faster than 60 hertz. I, I mean, Math, so, right so, here's, so here's, where, here's where the disadvantage falls, I believe, and that's if you're like... A retro gamer kind of person, you're playing a lot of older titles, titles that have no problem going over 90, and you can't max everything out and still be within the window, mm-hmm. fine. I mean, it, that's, you know, but even if you had a panel that maxed out at 144, you might still be in that case, right? right. I play Deus, De, uh, Deus Ex on, like, a pair of GTX 680s, it's going over 144. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm still stuck there, too. I'm still sure. out of the window, right? Um so all that stuff. So uh, aside, tell me about 
So uh, the the minimum refresh rate was one issue that we've had with FreeSync monitors in the past. That's a generalism, right? Ghosting all of them. was another issue we've had with FreeSync monitors in the past, where uh, the first sets of FreeSync monitors that we saw didn't implement a variable refresh enabled uh, uh, overdrive capability. It was actually bad enough to where I think if you, even if you had FreeSync enabled in the driver at all, even like on the desktop, the overdrive wasn't working. Like okay. it wasn't working anywhere. Yeah. Right. Um, this panel it definitely works. Um, if you are in any of the desktop refresh rates, which are 60, 90, 120, 144, and you're on the desktop, it's fine at the default setting, which is, I think it's like five or six increments. It's in uh, zero to 100 with increments of 20. Sure. Right? Um, so you adjust this, what was the name of it? Uh, trace the, Free. Trace Free. They named yeah. it something weird. I don't know why they just didn't call it overdrive, but that's what Asus called it. Uh, trace Free is actually the overdrive setting. Um, the default of 60 is appears to be the perfect setting for all of the standard refresh rates on the desktop. Mm-hmm. What we noticed is once we went into variable refresh mode, we saw negative ghosting at the default settings. In other right. words, overdrive was doing too much effectively for that refresh rate that was operating somewhere below 90, right? So for the free, the, uh, free sync demo, the windmill demo, mm-hmm. um, you know, that runs like 45, 50, 60. There's like different options you can kind choose. In between or and yeah. it, that demo doesn't give us enough variance to be able to tell if like how far away you were affected how much the negative ghosting was. It didn't really seem that, that apparent of a difference as you change the refresh rate. But there was obviously negative ghosting there. It was, it was kind of too effective. And the other problem was that since this works in kind of a nonlinear fashion, fa- fashion if overdrive isn't doing the right thing in variable refresh mode, there was really no way to completely get rid of it, right? So if we set it to zero, it was basically not doing anything, and then mm-hmm. you had regular ghosting, right? Sure. And usually you'd be able to turn it up until you don't have, you know, the negative and the positive kind of cancel each other out, and when you find this nice little sweet spot in the middle, you're good. This one did a weird thing where we had a positive ghost in the center and, like, a negative ghost on the outline. So- yeah. Of the windmill blade. And that was at 20. So I would say 20 was the best, you know, well, in, I, in that in that experience right there. But did they fix it? Did Asus fix it compared to everything else we've seen in the past? It, this is as fixed as we've seen. Yes. Overdrive works. Okay. It does. I think it could be tuned a little bit better in variable refresh mode. Okay. So, so that's my caveat. Th- it's, right? still, it's still way better than we've seen any other FreeSync monitor. Yeah. We, have, we have at least one other monitor incoming that claims to have fixed the overdrive issue with FreeSync. We'll see. We'll evaluate that one separately, yep. obviously. But this is much, much closer to what we see with the G-Sync monitor it is. Than, we've, than we've seen in the past. So that's good. So that's the other kind of like major drawback that people um, that's you know, probably what's really been holding on the FreeSync That's thing. what's been holding a lot of people back. A buddy of mine that has been waiting to buy a FreeSync panel, he just he was waiting until this one came out. He saw our review. He got it, and he let me know. He's like, yeah, this is good. Uh, uh, you know, the other thing worth noting here, we, we talked about the technical side of it. Like, physically, this is also a pretty good monitor as well. It's, it's very much styled after the ROG Swift. Yes. Not quite as high quality. Um, say, the rotation method is a little bit... You know, it's, it's, it's a cheaper way. It's, it's like they took the design yeah. of the Swift and they kind of. It seems weird, but it almost seems like they took that design and toned it down. Right. Like they they of, did. Yeah, I think so. They kind of unchiseled it. This is not technically an bit. ROG monitor. Like it's not part of that. Right. That brand. 
Um, it does have you do get the benefits of additional inputs. You've got two mini, you got a two DisplayPort, one mini, one full size, both of which can actually accept variable refresh inputs. Which is also a first. That's the first time we've seen that. Yeah, that's yeah. the first time in any variable refresh display. Mm. Period. G-Sync or FreeSync, right. right? There's two inputs that can do variable refresh. And then there's two HDMIs as well, which do not do variable refresh, but give you more, just give you more flexibility on how to use this monitor yeah. otherwise, right? Which is, which is an which advantage is of FreeSync. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, OSD worked great. You know, the rest of the monitor I think is good. It's not as good of a build as the ROG Swift, but still, uh, like... The bezel's a little bit It's way bit better thicker. than the Acer FreeSync monitor we had. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the BenQ... FreeSync monitor we had was was pretty good right. as well. So, um, and and again, this is a five hundred five hundred ninety nine dollar display. I did uh-huh. a lot of spent a lot of time gaming on it, and it played very well uh, in terms of smoothness. You still have to worry about if your frame rate's over ninety, and if your frame rate is under thirty five. Yep. Are you going to turn VSync on or off, and what does that change? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's still a problem. Josh, you're you know, let me let me posit this. Posit away. It kind of seems to me that uh, the scalers on these panels are eventually going to evolve into coprocessors from GPUs because we're asking them to do a lot of complex things. And so far, scalers have been relatively small and simple in what they do. I mean, what they do is complex enough. I mean, the physics and and computing behind that and and just getting everything to work uh, as well as it can – it's it's kind of impressive, and, and we see what uh, NVIDIA did with G-Sync, that big ASIC, plenty of memory involved. Do you agree that we're going to see the scalar guys really step up their game and potentially maybe not combine FreeSync and G-Sync, but at least knock some heads together and say, look, we we need to stop fragmenting the market and let's mm. do something that's going to handle it all. I think you give the scalar vendors too much credit. Um, in terms and that of makes me sad. What they want the to do. I, I do agree with the idea that they're becoming more of this kind of coprocessor. At least that's the mentality that NVIDIA wants us to think, right? That, yeah. the, that, the, that these, the G-Sync module they built is not just there as DRM, as many people have said. That it has this other function. Uh, and a lot of it is that it can do the overdrive capability very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is that it handles low frame rates without any intervention from the GPU or the system you know, having to know about anything. So um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, possible that, that that may happen, Josh. Um, but... It's a group of vendors that has had to not do a lot of changing in the past few years. Or right? ever, almost. Well, you know, okay. you had well, initial... Okay, at least in the last 15 years. Well, like I mean, LCD, LCD displays came out. came out. LCD displays came out, and then it was like... And then the next big thing was like overdrive. Ooh, this has overdrive to right. get like faster response times, right? And then, you know, and that involves some math, right? But that math has not changed in any kind of major way. Since that came out, which was like over a decade ago, right? Right. So now you're trying to do variable refresh rate with overdrive calculations. Obviously, it adds. It must add a couple more variables to sure. that math, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that the hardware is probably just not, you know, it can only do so much math. I would imagine. So it's probably some kind of a limit, right? You can design it around what it was doing. So yeah, probably another generation worth of scalers is needed to like. I, I don't think it's un. I don't think it's impossible that. Like the G Sync module will eventually go away if the scalar vendors, at least a couple of them, say, "Hey, we can do all that stuff for you." Yeah. Because I don't think at the end of the day, 
Yeah, I don't want to say that. I think at the end of the day, NVIDIA probably does want to be in control of all that, right? But Yeah, because they want to be able to you know, tweak whatever their part of the experience is. And right. They want to be able to have a about. reason for people to choose them over AMD. Sure. Right. But won't that then become kind of more software drive? If they give them the power to do that in the scaler... Than the algorithms and the actual driver implementation. It, it could just I mean, be AMD doesn't use NVIDIA's drivers, so why wouldn't they be able to do what they do to? So I mean, drive a- NVIDIA is already kind of doing this right with mobile G-Sync, yeah. right? There's no scaler, there's no G-Sync module in the middle. They're, they're, they claim to be able to do overdrive and the minimum refresh calculations all on the driver yeah. side and, and spit that out to the just panel that way. But they can only pull that off because. There's not a scaler in the middle. Correct. So they're able to just do what the overdrive. But if they could get scalers in the middle that follow what exactly protocols they need and are more open, they could do that. Yeah. Um, they but, have to really get it right. Yeah, like, I agree. You know. In any event, the ASUS MG279Q. In case I didn't say the model number of that the entire <laughs> time we discussed it. Sorry. Is even though keep in mind, even though it is labeled as a 144 hertz monitor, mm-hmm. it is 144 hertz, not in free sync mode. Right, thirty-five to ninety in free sync mode. Right, as long as you know that going into it, I think that seems fair. And for five hundred five hundred ninety-nine dollars, that's one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars less than the equivalent G Sync module or yeah. G Sync monitor. Yes, um, that's an advantage, and that's what AMD has been preaching for a while. Is hey, we'll be able to do this for cheaper. Now it's still not exactly parity in terms of features and capability. Correct. Right, you can get that Acer uh, XB two seventy HU. Yes, that does. Uh, zero or one frames per second variable to, to, to 144. 144 IPS 25 by 14, mm-hmm. right? So it has it has a better experience on it yep. that way. But this is still closer than we've the, ever seen. This one looks better, like the build. The of physical this is clearly better. Yeah. Walks all over that Acer. Yep. Because that Acer that that was our big negative in that review. It was just like. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get to the meat of the podcast today. That is the <laughs> Lexar Professional Workflow HR2 UR1 SR1 CFR1 DD256. That's a lot of um just give it this is it's almost like a gigabyte. Just motherboard. Give it, give it to us quickly. Thing. What do we got here? It's people on Twitter are yelling at it's me basically, for not about the Fury X. It's basically a USB uh docking station thing for okay. card readers okay okay and then lexar makes different kind of card readers they make a micro sd one they make an sd one compact flash cfast uh they even make like a little uh, thing that acts like a usb drive you know it's yep. like 256 or 512 gig drive right and they're all these little pods that are they're pretty small they're like um card they're basically card reader sized yeah um now it, it is it's like a crazy looking Lego block that if you put it on the ground and step on it, it'd probably amputate your foot. <laughs> probably <laughs> immediate amputation. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um you know there's a that desktop unit which is basically a USB three uh, four port hub except it's not standard ports. It just has the type was it the type B? Yeah, it has the type B plugs in the back of it. Mm-hmm. That would go into the back of each one of those modules. And you can also use those modules separately, like if you're traveling. You know, the idea is that this main thing would sit on your desk at home where you're editing and doing what, you know, whatever. But then when you're, you know, you're going to travel. So you, uh, I need the SD card reader because I'm about to go on a trip. Well, you keep the USB cord in your bag, like the extra one that came with it, and you just grab the card reader out mm-hmm. of the thing, throw it in your bag. You know, you go do your trip, whatever. You come back. Now you got to dump all the stuff on your PC. You know, you just stick the thing back in your PC, right? Yeah. You know? And the readers are pretty cheap. They range between like fifteen and thirty bucks for the readers. The tower, you mean? No, the readers, the individual. Oh, the individual, the individual modules. Readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
the drives are a little more expensive, like the actual USB drives, but I think the uh, the half a terabyte model was like less than 30 the SSDs cents a were cheap. Yeah. Now, granted, they're not super fast SSDs, but they're no. reasonable. Um, they're more than enough for just you're storing stuff that you're reading off of an SD card, right? Um, if you don't have a lot of storage on your laptop and you're willing to travel with more like a bulkier kind of thing, you could just grab that whole thing throw it in a suitcase or whatnot, and you have all the storage, too, if you had the storage pod in there. Hmm. Now you got to have a terabyte built into it, right? Now you just plug it into a computer just to tell it to move the stuff from the cards to the, you know, to the USB drive right. that's built in, right? So it was pretty good. Um, the, the, the one kind of negative is uh, they, make a, they make a Thunderbolt version. It's of, USB 3.0 and Thunderbolt. It's USB 3.0 plus Thunderbolt. Right. For that, that hub. So that's uh, a more expensive model. That's the HR2. The HR1 is like a quarter the cost of the Thunderbolt model. Mm-hmm. So you're talking like something like a couple hundred bucks versus like 40. Right? So That's a huge difference. It's a big difference. And when we tested just reading from... The the, there. There just, just reading from Lexar's own uh, USB drive in the unit... We got faster speeds over USB than over Thunderbolt testing on Windows so and Mac. So the, the tower, the base, if you yeah. want to call that, that can hold all these things is $45 if you get the USB 3.0-only version yeah. or 196 if you get it with Thunderbolt. Yeah, nobody needs the Thunderbolt version. Yeah, I mean, it does come with a Thunderbolt cord, and that's kind of pricey. It's like a $40 cord. Yeah, Don't get me true. wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, that was nice, but still, it's, you know, unless you absolutely got to have Thunderbolt only and, and can't use USB 3.0. I would just say get the USB 3 one because yeah. it's just way, way cheaper. I mean, that, that sounds helpful. Like, you know, you've got one at the office, you've got one at home, and you can take that hard drive with you, that 512 gig drive, which is fairly yeah. spacious. You could just grab it out of the, out of the just one. unplug and it and like, then plug it in at home. Yeah. 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 Even throw it in your pocket and then, you know, you get home and pop it in. I, I put, uh, believe it or not, I put something on the fact that it is big enough to not be lost in your bag. Yes. <laughs> I like SD cards. I lose them all the time in this yeah. office. But what, I, what I will say is it's it, once you put all these together, if you're trying to read from all those different things, this is not going to be as small as one of those, you know, 22-in-1 card readers you can buy off of Amazon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But chances are those are not going to be as compatible or as fast because the Lexar card readers are known to be, like, the basically compatible with everything. Oh, right. And, like, you know, if you want to do the fastest possible reading from a given SD card, chances are you'll get it from the Lexar yeah. readers, right, generally speaking. So, yeah, it's right. good stuff. So check that out if you're looking for a little handy-dandy storage accessory type things. All right, um, so apparently people want us to talk about this Fury X thing. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about um, the Fury X thing. So when, we did the, when, uh, when I did my review of the AMD Fury X graphics card, the world's first... GPU first graphics card based on the Fiji GPU. Yes, uh, I, I actually came away from it in a fairly positive light. Uh, it wasn't faster faster than the 980 Ti, but it, it provided a lot of positives in terms of its cooling. It was close to the 980 Ti. It was close performance wise, yeah. Um, but one of the negatives was the pump whine yes. that it had, right? And it was kind of prevalent in mind. It was kind of this loud, annoying. Very unique sound. It was a sound that kind of bounces off walls. Like yeah, it was it just, kind of I, travels, I equated it to right? uh, the sound of a CRT monitor being left on someplace. It's a flyback. You and you can't quite find out where it's coming what, from. Like a, it's called a flyback transformer. Thing. It's like okay. the sound of transformer inside a television. It's kind of like the, uh, the SNL skit, the world's most annoying man. And he does the, the high pitched sound while doing the fingers right See the, the, the thing is, it, with the sample, it actually was not a loud sound. 
it was just it was like the frequency and just the like the pattern mm-hmm. that it made the sound was kind of piercing. Right, right, and it kind of bounced off of stuff in the office. So, and we weren't the only people that saw it. Uh, uh, I, you know, if you look at Tech Reports Review or Hardware Connection Review and others, they all noticed the same pump noise. Yes. And uh, when we approached AMD about it, they basically said, uh, "I won't have to say basically said quote." They basically claimed that the issue was limited to a very small batch of initial production samples. And we have worked with the manufacturer to improve the acoustic profile of the pump. The problem has been resolved and a fix added to production parts and is not an issue. So pretty much everybody took that for, you know, what you can take that for from AMD. Yeah. And said, okay, well, we had this wine, but if it's not going to be what's sold to consumers, fine. We'll wait until we hear back on that. So they went on sale. And we acquired a couple of retail units. These were XFX branded units from Newegg. They were mm-hmm. purchased at Newegg. And uh, essentially, you can see all three of them stacked here. We were going to do performance testing, obviously, with, with the graphics cards. But we decided to do some uh, sound testing as well. So here's kind of uh, our setup there using a uh, Zoom H6, which is like a $400 audio recorder. Uh, we're not just using you know something off of a phone, somebody recording a movie off their right. you know, iPhone or whatever. So we should get a better representation of audio from this as we record it than you would most anything else. Provided that the people that play it back, whoever you are, have... You gotta have decent speakers. You, know, you gotta have yeah. good speakers. I would recommend earbuds that have like very very flat. So response. we recorded uh, all three of the Fury X cards we had, and then the two ninety five X two, nine eighty Ti at idle and at load. And uh, the end of the result, or the net result, is we found that both of the retail Fury X cards that we found or that we that we had, yeah, were actually louder than the sample yep. that we got. Both in terms of the wine was a little bit more pronounced, and uh, like retail card one had this kind of strong buzzing sound to it that was mm-hmm. not a coil wine. It was not a coil buzz that no. changed as frame rate changed. It was just a consistent buzz. Uh, and then the third one, the retail card two, did not have that strong of a buzz, but it was still louder. It still it otherwise. had it had you could tell more of that initial kind of pitchy yeah sound in it. So. Uh, the first takeaway is that for at least the initial round of buyers of the AMD Fury X, you're still going to be stuck with this with this problem. You might. You might, yes. When we only have a sample size of two, so it's yeah. hard to say for we sure. We don't know for sure. But based on uh, people posting things on Reddit and on YouTube, like we're not the only ones that see this. Other mm-hmm. reviewers are seeing this. And people who are actually getting their hands and actually paying money for these cards are seeing the same problems. So uh, that is still definitely the case. It's not... It's not that, like, oh, we fixed it before any retail cards went out. Clearly, that's not the case. Correct. AMD, at the very minimal, uh, the very nicest way to put it is they deflected the issue, hoping that retail cards would, you know, not be purchased up or whatever you wanted to, you know, to call it. Uh, But obviously, people have found that this is the case. And it does even seem like there's, like, a newer version of the retail cards already that there are... Maybe. Some out there. Yeah, we're seeing reports of people not having... That one of them, Pump like, like the the, it's, what it looks like is that there were stickers on the cores, stickers on some and the early ones. metal on the others. Yeah, and the other ones are like engraved, mm-hmm. and and the engraved ones are like real final, supposedly. Like they're, they're, I haven't seen one of those that's loud yet. So in that's, words. I mean, I hope that's the case, right? Right, uh, and hopefully everybody that got one that sounds like butt can return theirs and get one that doesn't sound like butt. 
I hope to so. put it technically. I guess. I hope that's a condition that they allow an RMA for. I, I based on reports and what I've seen, yeah. that seems to be that seems to be the case. Um, so in that sound profile, we also included, like I said, the 295 X2, just to demonstrate that you could have a water cooled setup without this wine because the 295X2 has two pumps yeah. and has none of the high-pitched wine. It's it's a little bit louder because it has a fan in it. Yeah, and it's a different kind of sound. Like the pu- kind of the sound. pump does make a sound, but it's not a pitchy sound. Right. It's just a, like a uh, And then we had the 980Ti in there as well um, because just to show that uh, even though the 980Ti under a, ga- a full gaming load, mm-hmm. it, it's moving a lot of air through that blower fan. Oh, yeah. And it's it's loud. It's louder than all the other ones. It's louder than everything. So if I if I show you the sound profile of the 980Ti reference, it looks like this, right? And don't pay a whole lot of attention. I mean, the these the sound levels, these loudness levels over here are important, but pay attention to the uh, the, the, the profile, of, the profile of it. How it's kind of like a smoother yeah. decline in it, and then look at what we get in the two. Um, AMD Fury X cards. We have these kind of very high peaks yep. and valleys, which basically mean that these particular frequencies are... It's more of a defined sound, basically, yeah. is what it is. Right? Instead of being something close to white noise, yeah. you get these these individual piercing sounds. One of the, the one that we have decided is the actual pump noise is 1900 hertz. Yeah, the most prevalent one. Yeah. yeah. And a few of those are just sidebands of 1900. Right. Like just yeah, an effect of if you just had 1900, there would be those other peaks. Gotcha. There. But yeah, there's some other stuff in there that just kind of mixes in with it and makes it that that kind of funky sound that gets so, to some people. I mean, the 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 most even-handed way I could say this is that the 980Ti under load is louder than the AMD Fury X under load. Sure. But for the three Fury X cards that I have seen and that we have tested and used, the sound of the Fury X's is way more annoying than what the 980Ti produces. And you can read, like, it's not just us. Scott Wasson over at Tech Report said the same thing, that, you know, yeah. that, that it's... It's that, piercing. Yeah, he called it a piercing sound. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's you're, you have just, his eyes out or you have just an, on a chalkboard type of thing. You have just an air sound yeah. versus something else. Right, I mean, you're used to yeah. just hearing like it's a computer. It has fans, air sound, right? Like that's what most video cards do. It's yeah, just air sound, right? Um, yeah, but again, it's just the way that it bounces off the walls and stuff. That's what kind of does the weird thing with your ears, where you were saying it. Like you, if you turn your head, it just changes. It, it changes the, yeah. the the way that the sound is perceived by you <laughs> changes because it's kind of hitting your well, ears out of phase or in phase. And- yeah, and the way your ears are spaced, and and the way the canal is, and this is one of the things. I mean, a, a pretty simple sound dampening material will cut this out because these high frequency sounds don't have a lot of energy behind it, as compared to you know bass wavelength, big, right. long, strong yeah. wavelength. So getting the friction on, Dubstep. exactly. <clears throat> but if you had a case that was totally enclosed didn't have vent holes in there you probably wouldn't hear it that's but, true i mean how many cases do you have that don't have you know like holes. like punctured side panels that you can mount 120 uh, millimeter fans on or or whatever or backs i mean once that sound escapes i mean it's 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 like a mosquito yeah. running around your room you don't know where it's at but damn it <laughs> yeah i know that you can hear too. that sob yeah 
So and, that's and kind, we, that's kind of we ahead. did notice that effect in the office, like cause where I sit or where Ken sits, it's mm-hmm. you know a good ten, fifteen feet across from where you're testing GPUs, and I don't usually notice a GPU on the test bed, like, right? Generally, yeah. but like, but when those are going, especially that initial review sample that just had the really pitchy kind of sound to it, like that thing was like, could, are you done testing yet? Could you please shut that off? You know. So uh, you know what we want to get. I have asked AMD, it's like, okay, if you have one that's fixed and you say this is representative of fixed, let's do that. Yeah. Show me one that's different. And then I've asked for a very detailed explanation of what they changed or what Cooler Master changed right. with the the pump redesign, right? Give me some actual answers. And, and I've asked them for, to be perfectly honest, asked them for multiple days before this story went up mm-hmm. about tell me what changed, tell me exactly how many went out that don't have it. You know, Give me all that information. Right. And they just didn't. Okay. Right, and so we publish what we have, and now hopefully they'll respond to it. I, I want it to be fixed because it's just like it's just that one little thing that they don't need. Well, it sounds like they did fix it. them throughout the life of this product. Like it sounds like there are parts that are fixed. It's just the I don't. Is, you don't know if that there are parts that are fixed as much as there are parts that just don't have the problem. I guess. Right. Could, it could I mean, just be lucky that some of them don't. But 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 if the if it all seems to match up with the sticker versus the embossing, then then fantastic. Let's do it. Let's see them. Yeah. You know, let's let's get two more of those in that have the embossed version of the cooler, and we do a five way crossfire. It's harder to do that than no, you would like, but yes, <laughs> uh, and and see how that works. So, anyway, we're going to test these for uh, three way crossfire as well. We're going to do three way, two way, and three way crossfire against two way, three way, nine ATI mm-hmm. SLI. So obviously, we'll have performance article to follow up on this. As well. Um, please offer any and all feedback to the article the article comment section in question, I guess. There'll be dragons. Be all ready. right, let's get through these last handful of things so I can go home and actually sleep. In your today, own bed. In my own bed. You know, I will say, last Wednesday, I believe I made that statement mm-hmm. that I was going to go home and sleep in my own bed. You did. Uh, my two nephews that were there watching my dogs. Uh-huh. Were in they my, threw a rager. They were in my bed asleep oh. with the dogs, and I felt like I opened the door and I was like, "Man, that leaves zero room." I was. For I'm you. not going to wake them up to move them. So I slept on the couch. So after all of oh, that, I, I slept on the couch. So how long has it been since you slept in your bed? Uh, I slept in my bed twice since June 9th. All right, so ready to go. Uh, Jeremy, tell me about Skylake processors and coolers. Well, I mean, I'm sure we're all shocked and dismayed to hear that this, our favorite cooler on the planet, the retail cooler that ships with (laughs) CPU, isn't going to come with Skylake. Oh, no. So you're not going to be able to use that ugly R sort of orb-looking thing that Intel has packaged on their coolers for their CPUs. Oh, no, your CPU's all hot and junk. Yeah. Well, then again, it is like a 95-watt. And they're suggesting about 135 watt, maybe, if you get a Skylake K. So, yeah, if you go out and you buy a really expensive, unlocked Intel processor for overclocking, you're going to have to fork out for a Rory-sized cooler. Uh, I've seen a couple of people actually really upset about this. I don't understand, because do they not have like a stack of unused retail coolers in a back room somewhere? These things do not get used. I think, but is this a Cooler Master pump? 
<laughs> in the Intel CPU. <laughs> Intel did this with Xeons a few years yep. ago. They offered it. Didn't they offer a water cooler for and Sandy Bridge or Ivy Bridge? Uh, Sandy Bridge and Sandy, Sandy Bridge Ivy Bridge as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I still use it. Actually, you use it on one of the storage test yeah. beds. The, it works, thing, the works thing that fine. sucks about this is you like can't post a machine. Like if you have an all-in-one water cooler and you don't want to install it, and you're trying to post the board outside of the machine, yeah, or outside true. the case. And I and I, Ken and I had this discussion uh, earlier in the week. That's like, I bet we'd be surprised how many buyers actually use the, C- the use Intel? the integrated cooler not the integrated cooler the, the, the included OEM cooler yeah. it makes me sad but you're probably I bet right. it's like 75% I bet it's really right high. you are I've Ken used, I've used the OEM cooler on a lot of Intel CPUs I yeah have. and you shouldn't like I get it uh, it's no, a I mean I get that I shouldn't, why shouldn't you? but I mean a lot of times they're pretty they're, they're loud. a lot of times no a lot of times the recent ones have oh, been very quiet that one's loud they are loud they're loud compared compared to good like even even the cooler ma- what's that cooler master uh, Evo 212 212 Evo 212 okay. it's like $30 yeah. I mean any aftermarket one is going to be quieter sure and way more effective like those coolers the GPU the CPUs got hot hotter than any other cooler okay and they were louder Right, so they were just count. They were the bare minimum to get done, and that's what Intel designed it for, obviously. Yeah, but I, I just like to see them uh, offer either bundle packages or like AMD did with a certain processor not too long ago, where it shipped with a water cooler. It, AMD did that because they had to. Well, they kind of had to, yeah. Because it was a 250 watt processor. 220. No, 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 no. 219 watt. Get it right. <laughs> 219. Oh, now. 219. We're, I, I thought it was 220. We're rounding down to 219. Okay, I think yes. Intel has always wanted to be able to ship all of their, CPUs, all of their CPUs without cores. Well, they sure. can save five dollars for yeah. a long well, they time. They did that back in the Pentium days. Well, yeah, the slot processors. Slot. Slot one. Sluckets. That okay, had maybe 386. Yeah, even before the slockets. Yeah. They did a couple remember. of times. 386, you kind of didn't, you weren't that worried about your big honking core on, on your CPU. That's true. No. A 40 mil fan was good enough. <laughs> yeah. Whee! There was no heat sink. None on them. <laughs> uh, does anybody know anything about this Samsung battery enhancement technology through silicon? Um, Jeremy, Josh, Alan, did anybody, anybody know I didn't, I didn't about this? Um, how silicon can enhance my batteries as opposed I'm sorry, to just my chest. sorry, when you posted silicon that, I was doing a 24-hour red tube marathon. <laughs> wow. Why do, you need a, why do you need a marathon for that? It's a streaming video service. <laughs> you just access it. You are on your own just, personal you 24-hour keep, marathon. You just keep clicking, it. You just keep clicking more videos. That's what you... Uh, nothing really interested me that day, so I just, you know. So apparently they claim to have surrounded silicon anodes for lithium batteries with a layer of graphene. This magical, yeah, so this magical technology or yeah. this magical... Uh, uh, Panacea. Yeah. This magical item, this, this thing that will fix all of our problems for computing and battery life. Um, no. No? I, it will give us a percentage increase. But okay. I don't think it's going to solve everything. So the- it just means the battery decays slower. Yeah. So you're, it's not so much you're going to get more uh, battery life. Oh, but then Ken doesn't have to replace his MacBook Air every eighteen months so because the battery exactly. is I've had this for twenty-four months so far. <laughs> so the thing, Shut up. the thing that kills lithium batteries is the anodes; they wear out. Yep. Oh no. There are videos. What about the diodes? If you dig, no, they're not diodes. <laughs> if you dig around, YouTube, you stream a lot of videos in your battery. <laughs> 
if you dig around YouTube, you can see some. There's a couple of videos floating around there about like uh, under a very good microscope, very high power microscope, wa- looking at the anode of a lithium battery while it's charging and discharging. You know those little like that. You know those? No, it's that's a cross section of it, but it looks kind of like okay. Here's what it really looks like. You know those uh, firecracker things from a long time ago? You'd light them, and it would be like a little black snake thing that would just like still sell those. They still sell those. I haven't seen them in a long time. Oh yeah, but that that's basically what the anode looks like when you're cycling poopy snake firework. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's it expands and contracts at such a very large like proportion. Mm -hmm. Right. That. It, if you don't like protect that with something, it's going to degrade. Like it's going to break. It's going to stuff okay. like that, right? So as that happens to it, that's what lowers your capacity because you're losing your anode. Like pieces of it are breaking off or degrading okay. or you know that kind of thing. So the idea here is you're just trying to protect it with graphene. In this case, with graphene, yeah. And that's you know if you can stop it from degrading, then it'll last fine. longer. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not a. It's not a four-day battery life. Fire. So so it's kind of like lidocaine. Uh, it's not numbing it. <laughs> well, it lasts longer then. No, Josh is That's talking no, about it's what like he one was of those, using. Uh, Josh, why do you even know cellulite? Why do you even know doing that with? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. He calls it the stranger. The friend, oh god! The, the, the friendly stranger. <laughs> Is this thing over yet? It's where you use. We got one more. It's where you use your non-dominant hand. One more podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the explanation, Alan. Yeah, like, I turned really Josh red. No, like we all knew the joke, and Alan just had to go explain it for any mothers. That you know, yes, exactly. You cracked open the for any door. mothers. Let me kick it down for you. Um, uh, Asus is introducing the Strix GTX 980 Ti with the Direct CU3. Is this the first Direct CU3 we've seen? Yes. Yep. Oh man, it's got to be better because it's more than two. Because it's the one more than the two. So this actually Those looks like a. Got to be small. It looks like an a well, or the no? graphics card is really yeah. Big. It looks like the that PCB is tall. Long, the PCB still. is tall. No, no. Look, look how high the PCB goes up above the bracket. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this this video card looks looks like it could be damn impressive. Um, I have no doubts that it will be a very good cooler. Asus the DirectCU two has been great. I don't know yeah. how much better DirectCU three will be, but it's got a bigger number, so it'll be better at least a little bit. <clears throat> but it's going to have two modes in it, like a normal mode and an OC mode. And in the OC mode, which is what any sane person would actually use if you're buying a card like this, uh, it will have a base clock of 1216 megahertz, which is 216 megahertz higher than the reference clock. That's a 21.6% increase from the factory in clock speed out of the box. Yeah. Well, there's no guarantee that it's going to go so much faster over that compared to like other, you know what I mean? But well, yes, for those that aren't overclocking, if you're it, not going to do manual overclocking, right. out of the box, this, this is, is 21% faster than a normal 980 Ti, like a reference yeah. 980 Ti. Which is great. Which is fantastic. I just wonder how much more than a normal reference 980 Ti it's going to cost. $30. What? 679 Really? Yeah. 679 That's what the EVGA ACX 2.0 SC Plus with backplate was on Amazon today. Yeah. Yes. So competition is driving this, this that, price in. That looks like it would cool a lot better. But, but, but remember, at some point, it even doesn't matter. Even than that. But remember, at some point, it doesn't matter. Oh, because you, you can't overvolt. You can't really, you can't overvolt. But what is the, but what is the SC Plus uh, EVGA, you know, whatever, base overclock? I have no idea. I don't think yeah, it's, I don't, I don't I don't think don't it's 21% overclock. Oh, it's nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah it might I don't be think so. 1150 or something maybe. I don't know. I'll have to Ken, look that up. 
or somebody, Jeremy, Josh, somebody look that up. Chat room, look that up. But for someone that wants to be able to have an overclock 980 Ti and not mess yeah. with the overclock, yeah. Uh, that plus, it also good. will have the memory overclocked from 7 gigahertz to 7.2 gigahertz. Uh, core clock of 1102, boost of 1190. So 1102. This is 106 megahertz or 100, 100 plus megahertz higher base clock out of the box for the Strix card. Yeah. The other one. So it's like double the overclock. Uh, pulsating Strix LED. Josh uh, makes a statement Josh. while adding style to your system. It has a GPU fortifier, which relieves physical stress around the GPU in order to protect it. That is this, uh, this, this kind of like red part of the back plate. So did they so go with the red for the ROG stuff? It's long pulses and has stress relief. <laughs> is that Correct. all ROG branding, why it's red? No, it's Strix. Which is also red. Sure. Why not? Okay. Strix is the I OWL see. brand. Oh. So this is the GPU fortifier. It's got a reinforcement frame on it. Um, auto extreme technology with super alloy power too. They, they still have some of their like Lost in Taiwanese features kind of hanging on. Hard touching. Yeah. Uh, rear facing power connector design with red white LED and ensures easy and successful plug in. I like how I, I like how the, I like how all those names are super descriptive except and you can't see it on the screen. Yeah, but like plate. the the backplate is just labeled backplate. Yeah, this is one word. Like, just backplate. No, That's nothing else. Know. Not anodized Super aluminum. PCB, yeah, whatever. Yep. <sighs> so it's not for sale yet. We're supposed to have one here in the next couple of days. So I'm looking forward to, to messing around with that. It's we. I've seen some. I don't know if it was like, hey, the Fury X is coming out. Let's get these retail cards out. But a lot of new 980 Ti's. Like we've got the ACX 2.0 SC Plus. Is that what it is? I think that's the SC Plus, uh, yeah. which is an impressive card. This one and. As a nice little transition to our picks of the week. Uh-oh. You in the hospital again? Uh-oh. I think I messed it up. Hold on. Somebody say something interesting while I find the picks of the week that nope. I missed. Um, uh, anybody? Uh, the details of my life are quiet and consequential. <laughs> <laughs> Always fall back to You something. don't know more than that? But you're no. holding a wolf, not a cat. And why did you shave it like that? All right. Anyway, so here's our picks of the week. I have another GTX 980 Ti that uh-huh. I haven't taken out of the box yet. It just showed up. We did take it out of the box. We did? Okay. Yeah. I lied. We took it out of the box, but oh, it just showed up. Oh, that's that one. So this is the Zotac GeForce GTX 980 Ti Arctic Storm. Yeah. That is a beast. And it's huge, of first a card. of all. Um, and uh, let me go to the gallery It's a briefcase. It's not, a briefcase. On it. it's not a briefcase, yeah. but it might as well have one. So this is a kind of one of those hybrid cooling systems. So if you look at the picture here, you'll see that it, it has triple fan set up, and then it also has some barbs here for water cooling as well. And it's basically like a full coverage copper block, I think. That's just yeah, like it's it. it's um, it, it's similar in idea to what Asus did with the Poseidon. Poseidon. Yeah. But this is a this is a this is a beefier implementation to use it is a very term. heavy card right, it's heavy the the water block seems to to cover everything it comes with a club yeah it does actually i wonder <laughs> if I see. so i will say that it has does a, it give you a ticket to the arctic to take care of some baby seals yeah no, it, there you it, go. it comes with this adjustable it has a back plate that maybe you don't like the design but i like that they did something to it yeah Right, I think it looks neat. It looks sharp. There's a soap profile there of uh, of the cooler and the barbs, and then uh, this. It comes with a club. It is a. It is to install. <laughs> in it's a crop. Ken, get away from the card. 
It is. It's telescoping it, too. Like it, you. Yeah. It's like a shower rod. Like you unscrew it half a turn and it slides out more. So you can like you know. So it is to you put, put in your nine volt battery. You that. let me explain what the <laughs> hell this does. No, it's more fun than imagining. Turn off the squealing guy over there. Uh, Alan? It is a GPU... I can't remember what they called it. It is a... What do they call it? They call it a... Card GPU supporter. retention card device? Supporter. It's a card supporter. It basically goes in there to help give uh, the card support because it is so heavy. Yeah. It's a GPU bra. It'll snap off yes, the, it'll snap off the it PCIe. It is a GPU bra. Wow. It is a GPU bra. It's size GPU triple D. Bra. If, you, if, you, if you were transporting a case had this in it you would not well first you, you should take it you out should take that card you should out. take it out yeah but if you were and you put it down too hard it'd probably snap your pci slot <laughs> off of the motherboard <laughs> what is wrong with him probably would. <laughs> never mind uh this card i will say uh is not what uh 679 it's more like 750 that's so it's 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 listen, gonna be it's gonna be a hundred bucks more than listen, the reference wait, card. Wait, a water block, a typical water block. We need to take that apart and see if it is a full water block implementation or if it's like not quite as good. We'll see. Okay, but like we'll I mean, typical water blocks for GPUs, like full coverage ones at least, run like over a hundred bucks. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not that bad of a price if you yeah. consider what's in there. Jeremy, what do you got for us for your pick? Well, I, my 7950 came with a GPU bra as well. It was, again, a very heavy card that needed a little yeah. bit of support. But <laughs> I am amazed at the fact that uh, you there are already plans to mod your Oculus Rift. Uh, Microsoft put plans out uh, for a CAD file, which if you have access to a CAD, you can then grind, create this dual lens. Who Who can grind? Is, you can grind. You can grind anything you want. I mean, on, on the beat. You're wait. You're saying this as if like I'm just gonna go load this CAD file into my th- something. If you like, actually have like a know. 3D printer. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so boom, and the two uh, lenses that they use, you can buy straight off of Edmunds Optics. Oh. And okay. The the difference that you see when you scroll down is pretty damn impressive. Now, it's a combination of these lenses and the software, which also comes from Microsoft, but really all that little rainbow effect you get with the Oculus mm. Rift goes away. Huh. So but it it's, looks like the Oculus on the bottom row kind of alleviates the screen door effect some. So maybe yes, some of that's on purpose, I guess. It's a bit of a trade-off. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't get that weird rainbow effect on the side. Yeah. And... Huh. As much as I love the whole modding thing, it also took me by surprise Ooh. that Microsoft Research used this to uh, launch their Lens Factory program, which is apparently a whole bunch of CAD files on how to build a lot of uh, various ocular devices. Telescopes, microscopes, glasses. Uh, if you've got a 3D printer, it's worth actually following the links through to the Microsoft Research thing because there's actually a lot of stuff in there. Ryan, we Honestly, can I'm more interested in the Oculus Rift, but no, I can't. it's kind of neat to have if you've got the equipment to play with it. Yeah, we can 3D print Ryan some glasses. But I have glasses. No. Not right. on, because I'm wearing contacts, but I do have glasses. Mm. Pretty cool. Yeah, give it a shot. See how it goes. You lucky bastards that have Oculuses. Josh, you're up. I am? <clears throat> you're up. Uh, uh, Africa. 
Right. Uh, you know what? Uh, just released a massive new update with Project Cars. Fixes a bunch of bugs. Ooh. You can buy this. A lot of people were unhappy because they had a lot of bugs, and they announced Project Cars 2. Mm-hmm. And people thought, well, they're just abandoning us. Well, but apparently it's not entirely case. Version 2.0 was updated yesterday. Fixes a lot of things. Like what? I've Give me one carding. thing. What? what? What's one thing it fixes that's cool? Gosh. <laughs> I need to read the... Uh, he's got, he's uh, got rain, rain is now slickier. Okay, moving exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, some control options, uh, some performance increases. Uh, there's, like, a list of 150 things. If you're looking at, uh, you know, at 1920 by 1200, this big... <laughs> That uh, they fixed in in this particular update. So if you're yeah. looking at a 19 by 12 screen, it's about this much. If you're that listening to this on audio, long. this is not helping. Yeah. That's true as well. That's true as okay. well. Okay, we've got a patch for that as well. Project Cars currently selling for 49.99. It's too bad you didn't get it on Steam sale for 29 bucks like I did. What if I told you I got it for free? So meh. well, you're a better man than I, Gungadin. All right. Though you frayed the whip, I beat you. I don't, God, I you don't people do no, not uh, have any heathens. literature background. Is that from the uh, Odyssey Though or the Iliad? the whip, I beat you. You're a better man than I, Gunga Din. <laughs> Education. I, I has it. I can't take a guess because I'm afraid it might be racist. So I'm just not <sighs> well, going Rudyard to. Rudyard Kipling. Well, a little bit racist, but... Google it. Okay. I'll, be, I'll get right on that. Anyway, Alan... Yeah, so Jeremy, damn you, getting me like to look at another game that's gonna suck up my time or something. You but probably work. Instead. Yeah, but not your money. So yes, but not my money since I already had Portal Two. So if you already have Portal Two, uh, I think you're kind of a fool for not at least trying this for a few minutes. Uh, Stories of Mel, because just the I played it for like ten or fifteen minutes, and I was like just um, taken back by wait, this is a mod? Like, this is other people just put this together? Because, I mean, it has pre-rendered cutscenes mm-hmm. and stuff in it. Yep. It has, like, a bunch of just inside jokes and, like, stuff that if you've played the Portal games... It's not an inside joke, then. Well, I mean, you it's know... It's a Portal... It's a stuff it's jokes based on the mod. <laughs> stuff stuff that's, game. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's go, let's go <laughs> with your, like, it's canon. Oh. Right? Look at the like, like, the stuff that they put in there is... With a different Portal gun, too. Ooh. Yeah, it's a 1950s or whatever oh, portal gun, right? Or an old portal gun and stuff like that. But uh, you know, just the just the attention to detail they put into just like the level design and like the posters on the walls and stuff, and just like it kept everything in that same kind of yeah, you know, even making it a little bit more funny than the other ones. I think mm-hmm. just the kind of the little comical touches they put I in some of the I, stuff. Based on you were only listening. listening to it. You were only was, listening to you're it. You're right. But I I'm think, I don't think I think you'd have to be. Really, really good to be better than Portal and Portal Two. You should like You'd you should walk be... around in the first level and mm-hmm. like read the stuff on the walls and stuff. Like, there's a lot of nice touches in there. Put it that it's, way. It's worth the price you're going to pay to get. I, I, I'm not. Yes. Gonna, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not trying to say it will. It would be bad, especially at free. But if you're going to try yeah, to tell me that it's on the same level as Portal Two, uh, is that the first one they've done? 
No, if you uh, follow oh, the uh, project, like if you go to the the actual web page for uh, Stories of Mel, they have done a couple of Portal stories before. Oh, nothing of this level, like nothing to this great extreme. So they were practice runs. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and you probably will be disappointed if you go back and play it after this one. But yeah, this is pretty damn good work. I like it. I like it. I mean, I probably will never have time to play it anymore. That might be something I could play on my laptop at the hospital. There you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's non-violent. Quiet, baby. So. I'm playing Portal. It was running at 4K. How's that sound? It was that running. Sound? Roll off it, the tongue. It was playable <laughs> on that 4K Seiki panel. At, at, with the 750 Ti. With the 750 Ti. Were you running it at 4K? Yeah. Okay. So, your laptop should be able to handle it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. That's going to round up the uh, show for us for this week, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Again, if you want to hang out with us, which I mean by when we record the show, go to pcpro.com slash live, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, um, some other time and other time zones. Yes. Uh, we have a countdown timer on pcpro.com on the right-hand side, so you'll, you'll have an idea of, of when that will actually be. And if you make sure you go to pcpro.com slash podcast, and you can find the links to the RSS files to download the MP3s. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel there, which makes sure you get all the video versions of our shows. Uh, and if you guys have any other questions or issues or concerns, uh, you can leave comments on each of the podcast posts. We definitely read through those all the time. Um, and uh, Josh definitely reads them on YouTube as well. Oh, yeah. So you absolutely. need to make sure you're, you're, you're following up there. Uh, thank you guys uh, for joining us. We'll probably be back next week. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. <clears throat> I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Molotano. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>